What's going on, Basketball Brains community? Happy to come with you with another edition of the Basketball Brains podcast. This week, we're talking about the Miami Heat, John Morant, and James Harden. Stay tuned. On to our first topic of this weekend's episode, the Miami Heat a team that is most definitely undervalued in the construct of the Eastern Conference. They are 43-22 and 22 right now, first in the Eastern Conference. They are playing amazing basketball, a team that I really think is underreported about. Even here, we underreport about the Miami Heat, and whenever we were talking to LT on last week's edition of the Basketball Brains podcast, he had this to say when I said the Miami Heat were potential threats to the Chicago Bulls in the playoffs. The Heat are really good defensively. The Bulls are struggling. I'm, I'm not worried about the Heat. Hmm? I'm not worried about the Heat. You're not worried about the Heat? I'm not worried about them, boys. And a few seconds later in that same conversation, he had this to say about the Miami Heat when talking about if they could beat the Bulls. They're a really good team. They're nice, but they're not beating the Bulls. I think it's safe to say that LT was wrong about the Heat, and I find it comical that that was last week's podcast. After that, the Bulls fall out of first into the fourth seed as of Saturday night while I'm recording this. The Heat, however, like I said, you got to give props to the Heat. They played three Four of the top teams in the East, the Bulls, the Bucks, the Nets, and the 76ers. They went 3-1 and one without Kyle Lowry. They're a top five defensive team in the NBA. They give up the least amount of rebounds. Teams that play them shoot under 45%. I think Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo are taking huge leaps this year. And the Heat are they're a tough team. They're a team that like the Bulls in a lot of ways where nobody thought of them as a team who can make a legit contender conversation with them. But the Heat are nice. Jimmy's nice. Jimmy's playing great. Tyler Hero, like I mentioned, Bam Adebayo. Kyle Lowry was a huge pickup for them. And Eric Spolstra has always been a great coach with the Heat. So the Heat, 28-13 in conference play. The Heat are a vastly underrated team. They just beat Philly tonight, 99-82. They are one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. The, The way they play, the team defense they play, it's not just that they have a few guys. It's team defense, kind of like how the Warriors play, kind of like how Phoenix plays on the defensive end. When you have team basketball, on the defensive end, you got a lot of communication. You got a lot when you switch, you communicate with the rebounding, you communicate on every facet of the defensive end they're communicating. It's it's hard to score on defenses like that because they're always right there with you. They're always communicating, they're moving just like the offense moves. The, you got a screen coming, oh switch, 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 switch. Okay. We're gonna switch off on that. He's gonna defend you. The guy that switched off, he's gonna defend you just as well as the person who was defending originally and that in large part is how versatile how versatile their players are Kyle Lowry's a good defender not great good defender 
Tyler Hero tries on defense. He's not the greatest defender, but he, he gives solid effort on the defensive end. Jimmy Butler, an all-defensive player when he's at his peak defensively. Bam Adebayo gives you so much versatility on the defensive end that, honestly, it makes up for him being somewhat undersized compared to a lot of centers in the league. He's versatile athletically, defensively. He can do about everything on the court. He's one of those Swiss Army knife type players where Bam Adebayo is scoring well. He's rebounding well. He plays defense, perimeter, and post-defense really well. Great player to have. And the Heat are really lucky with Bam Adebayo. There wasn't a lot of people who thought too highly on Bam Adebayo when he came into the league, and he's he's blossoming, blossoming very well. If I can find my words, he's blossoming very well into a very quality player that, honestly, if he wanted to test for agency, he could find a lot of money going to whatever team he wanted to. The same with a lot of the guys. Duncan Robinson, another player that really is maybe not the most athletically gifted guy. He's really trying on defense. And that's, that's to say with all their guys, they really try on defense always. And that's what I think makes the Heat a special team. They They don't quit on each other. They're always communicating. It's it's the basic elements of basketball, and they're doing it exceptionally well. The Heat, props to them. They're one of the best teams in the East, one of the best teams in the NBA because of doing the ordinary things extraordinarily well. It's put them in this position, and come playoff time, it wouldn't be surprising if Miami has the first seed, if they can hold on to it, and they can, they can keep the string of games going, if they can beat top tier competition, I have I don't see why Miami wouldn't be in the driver's seat as the first seed and the, the road to the finals has to go through South Beach. I can see that. The Miami Heat again extraordinarily well. Just just great basketball from Miami. Great team basketball. Like the Bulls play. It's it's great to see where you don't have a superstar running the show. You can Jimmy's obviously a, a star, but when you don't have a superstar running the show and it's a team, it is great basketball to see in the NBA. And the NBA's fallen off with that where they got guys like LeBron and KD and they got, you know, Giannis where they they pull teams so much. It's great to see where there's not one guy that He's head and shoulders above everybody. You can tell who the man on the team is. Obviously, with this team is Jimmy Butler. With the Suns, they got Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I mean, with the Bulls, they got DeMar and Zach. But the rest of the team, I wouldn't say is like leaps and bounds behind them. Obviously, we can tell again who the best player on the team is. But when those guys are similar talent-wise, where... Again, not a Hall of Fame talent aside from, you know, Chris Paul, but he's not dominating anyone physically. It's great to see the teams play like that. Great basketball to see. And this is actually, in my opinion, revolutionizing the way that the NBA is played. It's becoming a lot more team and it's becoming a lot more kind of like college ball. College ball is a lot of team, a lot of ball movement, a lot of communication and that's what we're seeing the NBA kind of transition towards. Instead of always ISO ball, it's, that was a huge problem, especially in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, ISO ball all the time. Great to see 
Great band, great brand of basketball in Miami. Shout out to them once again. I can't say enough good things about the Heat, and I am so excited to see where this Miami team ends up at the end of the season. Now, moving on from exciting teams in basketball to exciting players in basketball, John Morant is making a true MVP case for himself right now. The Memphis Grizzlies are 44 and 21. They're third in the West right now, behind the Warriors and the Suns. John Morant's averaging 28 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, while shooting 50% from the field. And let's be honest, we're all seeing the John Morant-Derrick Rose comparisons. Derrick Rose, in 2010-11 season, winning his MVP, he had 25 points per game, 4 rebounds, 8 assists, shooting 44% from the field. His Bulls that year finished first in the conference. Now, the one thing that... I will say that is scary in a way that it's similar is how John Morant, as explosive as he is, how he lands on his dunks is honestly terrifying watching Derrick Rose in that era. And obviously that was Derrick's demise was how he landed and how the science behind him jumping and landing, how that ultimately took a huge toll on his knees leading to all the injuries he sustained, leading to Derek being kind of fizzling out in a way. And I hate to say that because Derek Rose was an all-NBA player. Obviously, in my opinion, Derek Rose will go down to be a Hall of Fame player for the resilience he showed, for how well he can still be relevant in the NBA despite all the injuries. And that's just a testament to how good Derek Rose really is. But that's terrifying watching John Morant play because he does remind me of Derrick Rose a lot, a lot. And I I don't want to see Ja end up like that, honestly. But that being said, his his brand of basketball is crazy to watch. All the high-flying things, he can dunk on everybody. It really feels like if he's going up, he's dunking that ball. And... In a lot of ways, it's similar to how you saw Derek. And Derek Rose, the difference between John Moran and Derek Rose's eras, Derek Rose and the Bulls played fast in a time where basketball was a little bit slower. John Morant's playing faster in an era when the league is already fast. Now, I'm not saying the Bulls were always running you out of the gym, but Let's not get anything twisted. The Bulls were a fast break team. They thrived on those fast breaks. John Moran and the Grizzlies, again, play fast in an era where everyone plays fast. The teams that we talk about a lot that are outliers are teams that are slow half-court-based offenses, like uh, how Chicago runs their offense in in a lot of ways, how we see the Heat run their offense from time to time how Pop and the Spurs run their offense from time to time. It's a slow half-court-based half offense, but we see the Warriors always running up and down. And most teams, are, especially young teams, are super athletic and they're always running. And John Morant is playing fast and above the rim, in an era where it feels like everyone can play fast and above the rim. 
Derrick Rose was still on. It kind of felt like old school basketball, but it was t- it was starting to turn a little bit. And what I mean by that is it's still half court based basketball, but we're starting to get into where the pace picks up a lot. John Morant is a spectacle to watch, just the same way Derrick was. And I'm drawing a lot of these comparisons just because of everyone seeing these comparisons. Everyone's talking about it. Derrick Rose, John Morant. There, there. I've seen people say that John Morant is is better than Derrick Rose. Don't get anything twisted. Do not get anything twisted. John Morant is not better than Derrick Rose was. You see, John Morant has more points or more rebounds. John Morant has three more points. And again, this was. Derek's playing in an era where the basketball's slower. This is John Morant and the Grizzlies are always running, always up tempo, always, always, always. Tom Thibodeau slowed the Bulls down quite a, quite a bit. Like so, like I said, don't get anything twisted. John Morant, I don't believe is better than Derrick Rose was in 2010, 2011. John Morant, honestly, I'm not sure if Jaws as athletic as Derrick was. I think that maybe Derek didn't always take off and dunk on people, but go back and look at look at Derek Rose jumping at, in his peak prime 2010. Goran Dragic, Joel Anthony. I mean, Derek is jumping and dunking on giants all the time and consistently, consistent. If Derek Rose went up to dunk that basketball. You better believe he's dunking that basketball. John Moran has highlights. So I feel like John Moran has more highlights of missed dunks than he has made dunks. And that's no that's no shade at John Moran at all. Because he's attempting dunks that nobody in their right mind would attempt. But what I'm saying is when Derrick Rose went up with authority and in his mind he was dunking that basketball and when the whole arena watched him go up, you knew he was dunking that basketball. I don't remember seeing highlights of Derrick Rose going up to dunk on somebody and missing. Derrick, when he went up, it was in. Count it, it's a bucket, it's in. It's not the same with Ja Morant. Sometimes I feel like we kind of hold our breath and we're like, when Ja goes up, because as crazy as it's going to be, he might miss it. I feel like it's like a 70-30 chance whenever Ja goes up. And that's still a good percentage, but... Like I said, you can make a whole highlight clip of John Morant missed dunks. But that being said, aside from my rant, why I still believe that D Rose is better than John Morant, and I and don't get me wrong, I'm biased 100%. I'm 100% biased. I'm a Bulls fan. Derrick Rose led me to love the Bulls because originally I came into the league, I was watching Kobe, and and I love the Lakers and Derrick Rose. Watching him, it it was. It was awestrucking, and it was just like, wow, watching how Derek played the game and how he was a high flyer and everything, and again, in a in an era where it was a lot slower and everything, it was it was amazing to watch. So, of course, I'm I'm biased. I'm bi- I think I think Derek Rose is better than MVP Russell Westbrook. I'm th- I think he's better than John Morant. I think he's better. I would take Derek Rose over MVP Curry. And. I'm talking. I'm talking from a pure one-on-one standpoint. I'm taking him over those guys. So take this with a grain of salt. I love John Morant. I love what he's doing. He's bringing back so many nostalgic memories. But I'm not taking him over Derrick Rose. I'm not. 
that being said, for the MVP case, oh, John Morant is legit. His MVP case is real, and he should be top top two. Top two, definitely. Because, listen, they're third in the, they're third in the West. They're only behind the Phoenix Suns and the Warriors, which both teams have better records than any team in the East. The Grizzlies have better records than any team in the East. They they do. And let's not pretend that wins don't matter when we talk about the MVP race. Because we, we said it before that if wins don't matter, KD, LeBron, MVPs. Back for 15 years. MVP, LeBron, or KD. All of them. That being said, wins matter. John Morant is... He's he's box office. You got to see him. You have to see him. He is amazing. What he's doing is just if you turn on TV, you just you're drawn to John Morant. And I got to say that's an MVP quality. When when you get going, the 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 eyes are all on you and not just that, you perform when the eyes are all on you. John Morant has a legit MVP case. The only guy that possibly could be over it, I could say that Joel Embiid, because of how historic his season is, and I know that I've been crazy on DeMar lately, and again, it is a little biased. I try not to be, but sometimes it creeps in. DeMar DeRozan, maybe third, fourth in the MVP ladder. I could see fourth. If I'm putting him fourth, it's behind Giannis. But my MVP ladder looks like right now, John Morant, Joel Embiid, DeMar DeRozan, Giannis. And the only reason DeMar is above Giannis is just because, like I said, wins matter. And let's not pretend like DeMar's not having a historic season. He is. He's, he's having a historic season. But that being said, Ja, and I know I'm jumping around, but, you know, MVP changes week to week. It really does. One week one guy has it, and if it ended today, oh, it's his, definitely. He just dropped 52. John Moran just dropped 52. Right now, this week, John Moran, MVP. That being said, a lot can change. John Moran's doing something very historic right now, very nostalgic for all the old NBA fans. So, shout out to John Moran, all the love in the world. I hope the Grizzlies finish strong because the Grizzlies have not been good since those old Mike Conley, Zach Randolph, Mark Gasol Grizzlies. And I love Memphis. It's a basketball town. It's great. It's great when the Grizzlies are good. And the Grizzlies always, their teams are always a rough, tough team that play together. And like I said, Memphis is good for the NBA. When Memphis is good, the NBA is good. Great to see. I hope the Grizzlies have great success for the rest of the season. I think they're they're definitely deserving of the spot they're in. And it's going to be a blast to see how the season ends with them. All right, and our final topic that I just had to cover because I've been talking a lot of shit. I really have. And it's time for me to, to shut up a little bit. But the Philadelphia 76ers playing great right now. 39-24, second in the East. Joel Embiid, obviously MVP candidate. 30 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists a game, shooting 49% from the field, historic numbers. That being said, what I've been talking shit about 
has been James Harden. I gotta eat. I gotta eat that a little bit because back in the beginning of the season, I said that I don't know if James Harden will break out of his slump. James Harden was super streaky, and since he's been traded to the Sixers, the last four games: twenty-seven, eight, and twelve; twenty-nine, ten, and sixteen; twenty-nine, nine, and nine; twenty-five, three, and eleven. Now, that being said. All the shit talking aside, I was wrong about James Harden saying that I'm not really sure if he's as good as he's been hyped up to be. I'm sure I thought the rule changes and everything, all this and all that. And it doesn't matter. James Harden's still legit. He's a great player. And not that I was ever denying that he was a great player, but I downplayed his greatness. James Harden teaming up with Joel Embiid is working wonders in Philadelphia. The four games they played together, they've won all four. And Philly is legit. Philly lost the game tonight. James Harden didn't play, though. But Philly is legit. And the James Harden-Joel Embiid duo is a scary one. In the minimum amount of games we've seen from them, them, the small sample size that we have, Joel Embiid still playing at MVP level. James Harden remembers how to play basketball now, getting 20, 27, 29, 25, you know, over 10 rebounds or over 10 assists, getting a triple double in his second game. It took him no time at all to get acquainted with the Philadelphia 76ers whatsoever. And that, that honestly speaks to his greatness. I, I was definitely shitting on James Harden, so I got to eat that. James Harden is legit, playing great. However, the only problem I have now is that this has shown this James Harden situation where he left Brooklyn, inconsistent in Brooklyn. Obviously, obviously, I mean, there's no debate. He gave up on the Nets. He gave up on KD. He gave up on Kyrie. And you can see how he played. He had four points against the Sacramento Kings in 37, 38 minutes. That's that's giving up. Let's be honest. James Harden, it's, it's obviously not a problem that he can score. He he's showing that he can score. And let's not act like Kyrie's all like all they taking the ball away from James. No, James had the ball a lot of the time in Brooklyn, and it's all oh, it's, it's KD. They they got a star in Philly, and I mean he he seems to be playing just fine. My only problem is this: this Brooklyn situation has shown me. That James Harden will never win a ring. Unless it's with this Philly team. James Harden will not win a ring. Because he is a selfish player. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm not speaking to his character. But this is how it seems as a player. He's a selfish player. When things aren't going his way, he's quitting on his team. When, when he's not the main attraction, he's he's disinterested when he doesn't have the ball we've seen in Houston he's disinterested it's a problem if you want to be an NBA champion player an NBA champion superstar player sometimes you got to get over yourself and all this all this looks like on James Harden is that he's a toxic teammate he's a toxic leader that will quit on the team as soon as 
things get tough on him. And I know we talk about Ben Simmons. And I'm not saying that Ben Simmons is right at all. Because I think that Ben Simmons quit on Philly. He he definitely quit on Philly. He won't play another he wouldn't play another game in Philly. But let's not pretend like James Harden is any any better. He he played, but was was the team really better when he was on the court with dropping four points in thirty-eight minutes? James Harden, an all NBA caliber scorer, a Hall of Fame player, for just for his scoring prowess alone, he's a Hall of Fame player. Are we going to act like the things he's done in the past in Houston, how he left Houston, how he left Brooklyn just now, selfish, and again, it just looks toxic on him. And I, I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope that James Harden has success, but how he reacts when things get tough we can't we can't pretend like it's okay for how he just quit on his team. LeBron, if LeBron does this, it imagine if midway through the season LeBron's scoring four points and he's obviously disinterested in playing for that team, and it comes out that the only reason that that remember the only reason James Harden didn't publicly announce that he wanted to trade was fear of public backlash. He just doesn't want to he doesn't want to be perceived as he's quitting on the team. But he obviously had his mind made up. Imagine the stories that would come up come out about KD, about LeBron, about Giannis, about Jokic if they ever handled themselves in that sort of way. It's not okay for James Harden to do it. It's not okay for those guys to do it. I'm just saying that the way James Harden handled his business was honestly terrible. That was terrible on his part. But that being said, I do have to eat my words. That was just a little rant I had about James Harden. But good for James Harden, how he's playing right now. I really hope that Philly's successful I love Joel Embiid. He's my he's a guy from Kansas. I love, but jo, James Harden is his character. I just I just don't like how he handled things. Doesn't take away from the fact that he's a Hall of Fame player. Doesn't take away from the fact that he is an All NBA scorer. Doesn't it doesn't even matter like he cares about anyone else's opinion. But James Harden. All the luck in the world. Philly, all the luck in the world. The playoffs are coming up soon, and I'm excited to see what Philadelphia will do. I just hope that this Philadelphia situation doesn't end up like the Brooklyn situation or the Houston situation. I really think that James Harden, if if Philadelphia stays like this, if they're this tight-knit and they play great together all the time, I really think that Philadelphia can be a huge dynamic duo. That being said, that was just my take on how James Harden handled things. Obviously, I'm not right. I'm not wrong. It's just my opinion. That being said, that's all we encourage on the Basketball Brains podcast. We encourage, we encourage opinions. I think James James Harden was shysty for how he handled this whole situation. 
That being said, this ha- that has been this edition of the Basketball Brains Podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Basketball Brains Podcast. Subscribe to our Spotify to hear these podcasts at the Basketball Brains. And follow us on Instagram at the Basketball Brains Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Basketball Brains Podcast. Y'all have a great weekend. TBB.